の日守ると決めた約束はこの Hey everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. As always, I am the big business hero advert, but you may know me as Andrew Nimsgren. And alongside me are Apothecary and Fanfic, aka James Graham and Dylan Beal. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good.、Um, I feel like I'm finally going to live up to my name.、Um, I have a really good fanfic to, to interject in this episode, so、um, I'm excited for that. I already know exactly what you're gonna ship, so I'm, I'm on, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it, but I'm doing I do good too, and I'm probably on board with it. Honestly, I think、like、a lot、it. of I think a lot of people would be on board for it. Honestly, given given how the episode went and all that good stuff.、Um, so let's save that until after the full recap. That'll be its own little segment. So let's go through the recap. Let's go through talking about the show. We'll save your fanfic. For like right before plus ultra, okay, Dylan. I'll, I'll try. I'll try to hold it in. I know this is gonna be hard for you, but let's promise it.、Um, do we want to do our little announcement here, just coming up? Because these, over these next kind of two months, it may be a little hectic of who's gonna be on the shows, when we're gonna be on the show. We're missing one show coming up here, so I do want to say that all three of us are kind of going on hectic schedules right now.、Um, I'm pretty sure we all agreed that on. Saturday the twenty eighth, there will be an episode, but we will be missing that episode just because of holiday travels and all that. So we will be missing an episode, but we will be making up for that and getting back on the weekly schedule. So there will not be an episode that day. We'll keep reminding you in the future, but we will make up for that and maybe do two episodes in a day or something such as that to catch up. So I do want to give you a heads up. But Dylan and James may both also be missing episodes here and there. I'll let you both explain your specific reasons for why that quickly. But I feel like it's something important to talk about at the top of the show. Yeah, go ahead, Dylan. Start us off. Yeah, so I'm moving. So、um, just like in between moving places, it's going to be a little hectic. Just trying to get like my computer set up, and I'm going to be crashing on some couches. So、um, I guess I'll have some weeks while I'll be off. But starting in probably early January, I'm going to be in a new place. Everything's going to be all set up, so I should be good after that. Yeah, and for myself,、uh, some anywhere is between February into like even up to October. Um, it's kind of up in the air for me, mainly because I may like I don't know when I'm going to get shipped off for the military. So, given my medical and all that good stuff goes well,、um, so I've been <laughs> given a large window. So I'll be here up until I until、uh, up until I get shipped off, and then I won't be here. So that's probably the, that's my best way of putting it. <laughs> you're here till you're not here. I'm here till I'm not here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, we're eight weeks in, and let's see what if it's in February. We'll at least be sixteen and maybe twenty episodes in. So、yeah. you'll only be missing a couple episodes at the very worst, hopefully. So that's fine. Dylan, congratulations on moving all that. We can talk more about that later on. But just so you guys know, we'll be a little hat dick. We're gonna try to do a show every single week, except that one week just because of holiday travels. If anything changes, we'll be sure to let you know. But with all that said, let's just jump right into the new episode. You guys know about the five stars. You guys know about following us. You know about poppedoff.com. Make sure to do all that, like we say each and every week. But this is a really cool episode, and we want to jump in to talk about it. So let's kick off episode eight of season four, titled "Sun Eater of the Big Three." It opens showing Amajiki moving into his new class at the beginning of the third grade. 
He's incredibly shy. Can't really speak and introduce himself in front of the class. So no one really wants to talk to him because they all think he's shy and boring. But Mirio comes up and starts talking to him about heroes and ultimately they become best friends. Goes back to the current day where the heroes and police are trying to push through a crowd of pretty much grunts in the front courtyard. They're all just trying to stall and make time. Um, the police stay behind for a little bit while the group of heroes move in and use a secret passageway that Night Eye knows from his future vision into an underground tunnel. There are a couple more of the grunts kind of jump out and Bubble Girl and Centipiller? Centipeter? Centipeter. Centipeter. Um, stop them and hold them off to make sure that no one follows them down. Um, they run down in the tunnel and then it's a dead end. Muriel sticks his head through it to see that it's just a new wall in place and it's not actually a dead end. Deku and Kiyoshima both break it down. The Shihasakai's director, Iren Iraka, takes a shot of the quirk-boosting drug and then goes into the wall and starts manipulating the underground. We learn that his quirk mimic allows him to freely control any object, usually the size of a refrigerator, but with this quirk, um, boosting drug, he's able to control the entire cement underground, create new walls, make it twist and turn, and ultimately make a hole, but we'll talk about that in a second. Because instead of waiting and letting this quirk just kind of stall them, Miro sprints ahead through all the walls and obstacles by himself, leaving the rest of the group to fall through a hole into a room below. They find three of the eight bullets of the Shihasakai in this room and ultimately end up leaving Amajiki behind and as he says he'll take care of all three of them. Eraser temporarily takes away their quirks. This is something I want to talk about a little bit after recap because this is maybe confusion or just a bluff. But he uh, takes away their quirks so that Amajiki can bind them. Fatgum feels confident enough leaving him behind because he says that he's the strongest among all of us. He'd made it to the top three while having a weak mental state and striving for perfection and never being happy with himself. So when he said that he could take care of all three of them, Fatgum truly believed him. Amajiki isn't able to bind all of them in time and Setsu Suno and Hojo, the sword and crystal guy is how I'm going to refer to them to make it clear to anyone that did not catch their names because it was very brief. I had to go back like three times to find them. Break free and start fighting Amajiki. Um, just a little, we learned a little bit more about the bullets in the background. All three of them were once trashed and had been saved by overhaul after their certain situations where they are left behind, almost killed, or just not wanted. And now they are fully loyal to him and willing to give up the lives for him and the Shihasakai. We get to also get a flashback to the high school times when Mirio and Amajiki are both kind of struggling to use their quirks, probably in their very first year. Um, they weren't able to do it very well. While Amajiki can't really do anything and gets nervous and unhappy with himself, when Mirio fails, he just is happy, says, you guys couldn't do this, I'd love to see you try, and just being that very positive self that we've seen Mirio do. We see them walking later, saying that um, Amajiki thinks Mirio of how amazing he is, that he can always stay positive while he just gets nervous and kind of blanks and can't do anything. Mirio turns to say, I can do my best because you're here, Tamaki. He's not that mentally strong and just because he won't stop because you see how hard Amajiki tries to continue to get better despite being so nervous all the time. It continues to motivate Mirio and makes him something even stronger than the sun. Which is where the name Sun Eater comes from. They never clearly say that but that's clearly the whole point of these origin backstories. Talking about the sun so many times throughout the episode. At this point when he's fighting Hojo and Setsuno. Um, he uses his special move, Fast Hybrid, Chimera Kraken, which combines several of his foods together all at once. 
and just smashes them around, but ultimately it ends up waking Tabe up, who starts eating through all of Amajiki's octopus's arms. Octopus octopi arms? Whatever the correct plural pronunciation of octopus is. He starts yeah, think, eating through whoops, go on. I was gonna say I think octopi arms is, is, is appropriate. I think that's right. Octopi arms, and thank God these do not hurt Amajiki because he eats through almost all of them and ends up pinning them back against the wall right as he's about to use a paralyzing blood kind of mucus inside of his arm to stop Tabe from continuing to eat him. Um, it is taking away using Setsuno's quirk. Amajiki is pinned against the wall, and it is shown that all three of them pretty much work to, uh, together perfectly in how close they are. But right as they're about to kill him, he kicks a rock against Asuno to blind them, and it is revealed that Amajiki at some point ate some of Hojo's crystal and crystallizes himself, protecting him from Hojo himself about to crush him against the wall. He then uses a claw to shove all three of them together against the wall and knock them out in a kind of anticlimactic ending, if you ask me. But we can talk more about that as well. But that is where the episode ends up end, um, ends up ending there. I mean, there's a lot of details I kind of skipped through. Just kind of sticking more to the fight scenes. And there's a lot more information we learned we can talk more about. But that's the overall kind of topics of today's episode. So before we go way back to the beginning and try to enjoy and avoid Dylan talking about shipping the entire episode. What did you guys think about the episode overall? I was into it. It was I, good. I didn't think it was anticlimactic. I thought I thought they, I thought he played it pretty good. Yeah, it was a really good backstory episode. Um, I really appreciate being able to see two of the big three. Um, you know, back in their earlier days. So I thought it was a really cool insight, and it's giving like a lot more depth to these characters that are slowly becoming, I guess, main characters and might stay main characters. Um, which I'm glad. I, I like it, and I, I really like the characters they're introducing. So. Uh, being able to see Sun Eater and like have a little depth on why he's like the way he is is really cool because he seems like a pretty complex character. No, yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I'm really Sun Eater is really becoming more and more of my favorite. His quirk, we already agreed the very first time we saw it, is incredibly cool and they continues to be incredibly cool today. But also getting more information on why him and Mirios are close and especially getting the origin of the Sun Eater name, I think really was cool and it was a very good kind of balance of flashbacks and of action which can sometimes not be done the greatest but i felt like when there was flashbacks it was a good flashback and it was at the right time and it didn't really seem to stop the combat from flowing when it did happen so yeah the overall i was really happy with it i just think the little bit of the ending was anticlimactic i don't think the overall fight was we can talk more about that once we kind of get through that but um, where do you guys want to start? Do we have anything from back when Mirio and Amajiki first begin, or do we want to just kind of move into the actual storming of the complex? I want to talk about seeing Centipede do do their thing because I like we I know we had talked about what that quirk was gonna look like, and then it turns out there's this massive like long ass arms that came out of nowhere. No, so, they're just long ass centipedes. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that was uh, yeah, that was something. But yeah, like I mean. It was it was it was nice that they kind of like, it, I don't know. I think it speaks to Mirio's character where Amajiki just like gives like this. He gives literally Mirio an inch to work off of where he starts to say the letter H, and Mirio's just like, "All right, he wants to be a hero. That's sick. This guy's my boy. I'm gonna go talk to him." Right? So I don't know. I thought I thought it just gives it like it shows how how like ingrained that like like i think it actually speaks more to mirio than amajiki where it's just like 
it shows how ingrained that those like traits are him like, are to him that he's been doing them since he was like like a like you know in grade school right like like when he was like in grade one or whatever yeah i really like the storming of the complex how they included the the cop i guess like I don't know if he was, like, the lead detective or what he was, but, like, he kept coming in going, oh, this person is this quirk or whatever. Um, I really like that inclusion because it, like, I we were talking about how we had the issue of, like, not knowing what anyone does. I thought that was a really good, like, middle ground to meet because it still kept, like, an air of mystery about the character, like, the enemies, um, but gave us a little more insight because, yeah, it makes sense that, like, they're a high-profile gang. Of course they have files on them and know what their quirks are, so... Yeah, like, like I'm happy with this. We got this in every single episode. Like, I don't need the full stop screen, like, screenshot of what they do. I just need an explanation of what they do. Like, and you uh, got again, it. You in got this it. episode, I know that this was great. And if we would have had this in the last couple episodes, I would have been even more in love with this. All I'm saying is that, like, this is all I needed. Like, you got one word. Like, for Tabe, it was food. <laughs> That's literally all it was. Tabe, food. And then, like, um... Hojo, Crystal crystallized. crystallized. Setsuno, um... Yeah, no, then we got Larency. Larcy. I don't know yeah. what Larcy means. Lars, 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 that was Larceny. Oh, yeah, it's probably Larceny. That makes Larceny so much makes more sense. Way more sense now because how he like steals stuff from people's hands. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, Here. but I want to go back. You talked about Centipeter a little bit. Is Bubble Girl's quirk just that she can probably create bubbles around her and shoots bubbles? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I, I, I totally Do think, think that's her quirk. Do we think they're soap bubbles? Like, it got in his eye and it starts hurting. So it has to be a soap bubble because the water bubble wouldn't. Yeah, but it, like unless it's like acid bubbles oh and like God. his eyes were burning out of his head. <laughs> well, they have to be something like they seem to need to be pretty potent. Like I mean, because it's just like like one little bubble. Like they they really like play up how like how like this how I don't know like unthreatening it is with this one little bubble just hits him in the eyes and he's just like ah I can't see and it's just like I don't know man. Well, I mean to be fair, you get soap in your eyes, you can't see. That's true. It hurts. That's true. But it also shows that she's like. She's good at hand to hand too, because she yes. just like well, as soon as that happens, she just like jumps right on him. So I was like, which yeah, which makes sense. That, yeah, if she just has soap bubbles going around her, and if she can find her enemies with that, you gotta be good at that hand to hand. Exactly. So what would happen you if wash she them came up- down? <laughs> what what if she came up against someone who just like had goggles though? She'd run away. <laughs> She's in trouble. That, yeah, that's her biggest weakness: goggles. Well, she hopes a bubble gets in their mouth, and then it's an awful taste. So I mean, like, <laughs> we're talking full mask. Oh, like you, we have, we're you, you, you're just done for. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay, so now we are moving down to the basement. We start learning a little bit more. We learn about the director of the Shihasaki's quirk mimic a little bit more and how we can kind of manipulate all of that. Um, Miria runs up ahead, so clearly, maybe not next week, obviously, but eventually, it is going to be Miria all by himself, probably fighting against Overhaul. Would be my prediction. Maybe Deku somehow catches up to him. But do we think that, or who do we think Muriel's going to run into? Because he's clear running ahead. He said, oh, you're not going to be able to take him alone. What yeah, do we think, I think about that? I think a Muriel overhaul fight would be really good. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think it would be really good because the quirks kind of complement each other in being a really good fight. Because, like, obviously overhaul has to touch you to, like, you know, explode you or whatever. And he kind of phases through things. So I think that balance of, like, him trying to dodge and phase through it, and then overhaul trying to get a good grasp on him would be a really good fight. So and we I don't know if it will happen. Mirio can phase through people, correct? Like yeah. we saw, like Deku punch him and it just I, went yeah, straight through him. I correct? think so because yeah. um um in the scene of where he's fighting all the students, yeah, the entire class, yeah. 
Yeah, that's like when he's fighting them, we kind of see them like phasing, like he phases through them, right? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Deku. Um, yeah, he just like punches right through him, and then he just keeps going. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, so we know that that's the um, fact there. So yeah, Mirror is going to be running ahead. We're going to have the combat there. Um, Mimic just pretty much gives up on the heroes and focuses on the police instead, which seemed kind of interesting, but he dropped all the heroes down below, allowed them to just go a different path. And now we assume he's going to just keep putting walls in front of the police. Do we think we're going to kill him? Like, I don't know. Well, well, like, I mean, there was like a ton of like cops, like coming in, in like, um, like coming in the front door. So, I mean, I can see why he's kind of prioritizing like the masses vice this smaller group. But wouldn't like one just brick wall stop all of them? <laughs> I mean, like, like, I, like, well, they got the dragon lady out there too, right? Like, I mean, they well, have yeah, the, out there, but they, we still saw them fighting briefly. Like, they're not really, they're still occupied. Yeah, right? yeah that's going to be an episode eventually, I'm sure. I'd, I, I'd imagine, like, it, it would be maybe like half an episode. I don't know. Yeah, it feels I, weird just ignoring it. I don't know. I think that might be like a one-off. Like, they might touch upon it like really quickly. I don't know if they'll go into it. Well, like, so one of the one of the big three is out there though. So yeah, that's the, that's and the two of the like the two of the four class one A students like they they have to get that like combat scene eventually of all of them working together. Otherwise, what's the point of having them in this arc? That's fine, dude. You don't need to be in the arc. We have we have Deku, we have Mirio, we have Amajiki, and we have Kirishima. That's all we need. That is a, yeah, that's plenty. Uh, that's and an eraser. All- eraser, like, yeah, but eraser's like eraser's and in fat the gum. Okay, no, no, but I'm saying, like, from the students. Like, that's what I'm saying, right? Cause and Lock and Rock. No, I'm saying from the students, Andrew. From the students. That's all that's... I can't think of it. And the lock, random lock, police rock. officer. It's, lo- it's not Lock and Rock. It's Lock Rock. Hey, I'm close. But, yeah, uh, I think... I think, it, I think, But it's, you know, like, kind of going back to Dylan's point, it's nice that, again, they give the police, like, more value because they're like they've already done everything and they're the ones who did the recon and everything like that and that's how Amajiki knew like what each one's quirk did because he read their files like that the police had already gathered right so i think that's it. like again it's just like like it's just a nice little thing to be like hey yes there's police in this world yes they're still very valuable you know this is what they do for the for the heroes yeah um so the one thing i want to talk about is before they leave Amajiki um eraser claims that he took away all the quirks temporarily and to bind them up before was that a bluff or is this showing that eraser can actually leave a momentarily effect on people and have their quirks erased for more than just what he's looking at if he tries that hard i it had to be a bluff because we already established he can only do one person at a time right I, no yeah. no 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 i thought i thought i thought the thing was is that he, it once he did it it stayed down for a little bit the reason why we like i mean the previous time we've seen a racer do his thing was in a horde of people right so he was basically like blasting quirks like left and right and then like dealing with them as we go but i'm pretty sure like in his origin and or like when they're doing like the big hero explanation like it's a temporary thing like he does it and it'll like it'll last for a second i don't think that's true well, no, because it lasts as long as his eyes, our eyes are fixed on them, and that's why his whole thing is like he has to keep his eyes open. And he has the, the his, like the little droplets or whatever, yeah. and so I think it's not like he looks at someone and it's like, all right, he has ten seconds, because otherwise he just keeps looking at a whole bunch of people every ten seconds. Yeah, I think so it was a bluff, and I think the it was a bluff, and that's why he 
like snapped the neck of the one guy to knock him no, out. No, he just he just like knocked him out, and his his mask got like. But did it not look like? Oh, yeah. It looked like it, but his mask just around. turned. His like, mask it looked, like he, <laughs> it looked like he cracked. I was gonna say because if if his neck broke, he, what ne- happens next wouldn't have happened. Well, I know, but I think yeah, doing that and then maybe just on his way out of the room, he was temporarily like looking at one or two of them to kind of make it seem like it was a momentary thing. I don't know because yeah, it did seem like. Eraser, like, there was a shot where it didn't seem as if Eraser was actually looking at him. Um, yeah. And then I, he and tried to think, use his quirk. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think he was. And I think the whole thing is, like, he is, like, a professional um, who's, like, honed his quirk for so long that, like, he probably picks up on very subtle movements when someone's about to use their quirk so he can kind of, like, crowd control in that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah. make it seem like he's like suppressing everyone's quirk at once when really he's just jumping from one to, to, to the other. Yeah, because they clearly didn't know that much about him. Like, oh, you have a lesser version of Eerie's quirk. I've heard about it here about you. They didn't know that much about him. And they know Which that is Eerie's is temporary. Well, I mean, these are all, I don't know. Yeah, that, that is a little surprising. But Eraser's been out of the game a little bit. He's a teacher now. And he's been yeah, a teacher he, for a I couple did... years now, assumingly. Well, he, yeah, he, but he, I, he, I don't he, think he it's like him. they pull him out of retirement or anything. It's like these That's are true. pretty big name heroes who are are, are, are the teachers too. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I was know. a little confused on that. Yeah. I don't know. These are people that probably spend their entire time underground, just kind of protecting the Shihaski. They're they're an underground organization. I don't I don't feel as if they go out that much. Probably they're just manufacturing the bullets and protecting them. I'm sure. Well, they don't do petty crime, right? That's the big thing, right? And like Eraser, like his big gimmick was he worked at night and he worked, he, like he worked on sketchier stuff, but not like I don't think him and the 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 Yakuza really lined up all that much, given that like the scope of what they addressed, right? So, cause and you got to think about how young Overhaul is too. Overhaul, so he's super probably young, exactly. just recruited all of them, maybe within like the last year and two, when Eraser has been a teacher. That could be another thing that. I don't know. So, so the excuse is that they're all Zoomers and they don't understand <laughs> these these old the the classic rock heroes. Yeah, it's just a, look at Eraser, dude. He looks like a classic rock hero. Like, I I am fine with that explanation, honestly. That that is now canon. Um, that's, okay, it's canon. Um, so yeah, we move into the fight. I mean, this is just kind of the entire fight scene. We talk about that. There's a flashback in the middle, but just kind of going through the entire fight, beginning to end. James, I feel like this. I'm gonna hand this over to you to talk about because you always love talking about Kirishima's fight scenes, and I feel like you have a little bit of a love for. I do, Amajiki man. I love too. the. I love like the like the the powerful side heroes. Like they're always like they're always like a big a big draw to me. Like I I always end up like not disliking the main character and liking these characters more, in which they got more screen time. Um, but yeah, no. So he like he initially uses his quirk like super effectively um basically like well once they think they don't have their quirk he just beats the crap out of them with like the tentacles and stuff like that but you can tell like despite the fact like and this kind of goes back to what Fatcom was saying is that like once tamaki kind of gets over like this confidence thing he's like a very very capable fighter because he's like eating crystal like mid-fight and stuff like that so he can metabolize it and use it on his own um and you know he very quickly like okay so just really quick vast hybrid is sick that yeah. is a that is a crazy. I'm sure ass. there's different versions too. There probably is, but like like because like and he even says like because him and Fatgum eat so much octopus, like he's so proficient with using his tentacles and stuff like that that he just like super hardens. Plus using like the claw thing, like he basically made like 
eight, like an eight like a gauntlet fist. yeah like a gauntlet that was hardened and then like reinforced and right? strong and yeah that was yeah it was yes. so i think this entire thing was so cool but the one thing i'm disappointed on is we didn't get to see the swordfish like they made we a point about yeah not yet not yet yeah yeah but like i, I, mean, I yeah, get this but this like was his one-off episode one of the guys had a sword would it not have made perfect sense to like parry the sword with a swordfish like i just I feel mean, like it was like a big not a big point but it was an apparent point well, last episode. I, I don't think he had a sword i thought he had a knife well, no, at the no, very beginning, he had a sword. He did, he did have, like, a full-blown katana, mm. yeah. And, like, okay. yeah, and I think we even talked about this last week where we're, like, he explicitly eats swordfish, and then we saw Buddy with, uh, you know, with the, with the oh, my God, what is it called? What's the court? I don't want to say Larency again because that's not it. <laughs> Larceny. 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 Yeah. So we explicitly knew that he could, like, you know, that there would probably be, like, this, like, kind of sword fight happen, right? But clearly, like, I thought that court was really crazy, too, like, the Larceny court because he was actually that's taking. That's kind of cool. The smaller stuff off of Amajiki. Yeah, so like yeah, so yoink. it's weird. So it, it so Amajiki's quirk is it doesn't replace what he has. It just goes over top of it. Yeah. So the yeah. octopus kind of grows around his hand theoretically and goes out. So it's not his hand doesn't transform. It's just it manifests out on, around out his hand. Well, you see that when he's yeah. younger too, because he starts having the leaf like just sprout Go out on of his, his hand. hand. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, um, and yeah, yeah, just kind of how he like. He, he dissects how to really use the three of them against each other really quickly, which is good because I think he would have been screwed otherwise. But, like, I mean, especially with the, the dude that just eats shit. Pabe? Like, yeah. Yeah. The, that was, was creepy. Cor- yeah. He's yeah, like was. Pac-Man. He's like Pac-Man running around just chomping on things. That's even how his mouth looked, too, in some of the shots. I'm like, this is creepy. Like, I'm no, no thank you. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, he was a very, like, yeah, it's a very sketchy thing. And it clearly, like, I mean – it's it's food on food, right? So I mean, he just kind of used it to his advantage, and then he just chucks the uh, what was his name Yuki or uh, Yoke? I don't know the crystal the crystallization Hojo. dude Hojo. He just Hojo, Hojo you Pro. Hojo, yeah, and just use he knows that like because they're so tight together, he's not going to eat through his body to get to him, right? Yeah, and it obviously throws him off and takes him out, but like. Just doesn't like, that seem like a very villain thing to do? Like, hey, I'm gonna use your friendship against you. But I mean, like he's the sun eater, dude. So he's like, he's. No, I get I, that, but is that like such a stereotypical hero, like a villain thing? Like, oh, I'm gonna use your own person as like a body shield, so that you can't hurt me instead. Like, th- like I know, like that's how you get out of that fight there. But that's just what I always see villains doing. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying he's a villain at yeah. all, but I'm just saying that just seems like something straight out of a villain's handbook. Well, it's definitely like using his body as fodder, right? Yeah. And, like, yeah, exactly, right? But I mean, he also like slices the dude with. Uh, you know, Larceny's eyes, like, it's, like, first chance he gets, he, like, yeah, claws the out, yeah. right? So, I mean, like, yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was sick. I thought, like, and, yeah, I wish we could have seen, I think, in a less dire situation where you didn't have three guys who were synergized super, super well, I think Vast Hybrid would have been way more effective. And, it, like, I mean, it kind of was. It did its job, but at the same time, like, this, this dude that just eats through things kind of yeah, defeats probably, the Yeah, probably one of the uh, uh, yeah. major anti-quirk, though. Yeah, exactly um, right. So, but I think I think the nice the nice build up d- transitioning from flashback into that final scene where he kind of uses all of them against each other is like a nice way to wrap it up. I think. Yeah. So let's let's go back to that flashback where I'm sure Dylan. This is. No, I I want to bring something oh. up first um, about his quirk. So it's kind of so he eats the crystal right, and he kind of gets his he gets you know the crystal yes. kind of. So is does this mean if he eats 
other people he gets their quirk. We've I mean, talked, we talked about this. We, we, yeah, we talked we, about this, but dude, does why this kind of confirm this up? No, because Chris, because he, he ate, the ate crystal. a crystal yeah. that yeah. can be produced, and we learned it was like it was an invaluable crystal, and that's why the um, Hojo was thrown aside because he was almost beaten to death because of crystals he'd had. Oh, okay, well, no, hear hear me out then. Say if he 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 came across Deku and he ate Deku, could he then make smaller Dekus out of his body? Stop he's it. like he's not going to produce baby Dekus. How, he, how about he, we just go with Deku's hair or something? Why does it have to be eating? No, he can just produce skin. If he eats skin and bones, he can produce skin and bone. That's how his cork works. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it'd be more like if he ate like a finger, he could make like a bunch of fingers come out of him. Like, yes. It'd be something like that. Because like when he eats a chicken claw or whatever the claws he eats, he can produce a claw. Yeah, so if he eats Deku, he can produce Deku. No. Wait, why not? He'd have to eat Deku whole. Yes. Wait, hold up. One second. Stop one second. it. What's more terrible? No, he doesn't have to eat him whole. He just yes. has to consume him. No. No, because you. No, no, because when you eat octopus, you don't eat it in the entire octopus in one bite. Like, you eat little bits of it. Yes, but that would be saying that he, he can't create an octopus head. We kind of did. He only did no. He only did tentacles. The only octopus. Well, he, he saw didn't. Was he didn't need. So he only ate he didn't tentacles. need to make an octopus head though, so he didn't. He didn't need to do that. Well, we no. don't know though. We don't know if he can like make like the beak and everything like that. Like, well, the- no, he has to be able to because when he 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 was eating swordfish, you don't eat the little tiny pointy bit of the swordfish. That's you true. Don't eat, you don't eat that part. Like it's assumed that he's just eating like the regular parts of the swordfish, so he can make a swordfish. You don't know. Why that. else would he eat it? So therefore, if he eats Deku, he can make tiny Dekus out of him. Stop it. We're going on anyway. to the flashback, Dylan. Stop it. Okay, get, getting on to the good parts. Oh, God. So in the flashback, um, I really like seeing Mirio, his, like, younger version. Because he had, like, the little, like, ponytail. ponytail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in the whole thing, like, I don't know, dude. Amajiki was, like, really, he had some eyes for Mirio. And that's what I want to bring up. He was mired. He was Myron him hard like and not just like oh man Miro's a good friend he just like he's like oh you're warmth like the sun and like all this stuff about him and I was like damn how much he wants to smooch this boy absolutely and I'm shipping it I think it's, it's a good pairing I, I I like I like the trope of like the um like the kind of dumb like very bubbly person and the like dark kind of person that the bubbly person like brings out of the darkness a little bit. I really like that kind of pairing in romances, so I ship it. I'm here for it. Do you have a relationship name? Oh yeah. What do you call that? Mirajiki? Miraji. I think Mirajiki's pretty good. Mirajiki works, yeah. I do yeah. like I also, do like Go ahead, sorry. He he kept calling him the sun and then his name was Sun Eater. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> Please leave it there. Please do not go any farther than that. Um, no, I just uh, I just like the little cutback where it shows, like, Amajiki, like, doing, like, the thumb thing. And, like, Mirio just, like, not being able to handle it. <laughs> like, because it shows that, like, Amajiki's not always doom and gloom. And he's actually, like, he can be, like, a normal dude. So it just depends on the situation, right? So I thought that was cute. I thought it was cute. No, no. I really like the relationship. Whatever extent it is, I'm not against it being a full ship. If it's just two bros being bros, like whatever it is, I do really like the relationship. And I, even in the, even in friendships, the one super bright one and the one super dark one that kind of even each other out. It's always my favorite. So even, no matter what it ends up being, um, I just do. I do love learning more about their friendship. I don't know how much more we'll learn. I feel like this is definitely the episode for us. A lot of that, at least in these this arc. So it would probably be a while before we learn more about him. 
because we learned a lot more about a character next week's episode, which we will talk to you after we do the plus ultra lord. Unless you guys have anything else left to talk about for this episode. Uh, I just want to just want to weigh in really quick on how much of a trusting mentor Fat Gum is, because like there was like zero hesitation when when Amajiki was like, "I can take all three. He's like, "Okay, you said it. You said it with confidence. We're out of here. Everybody out." Right? But there's a reasoning behind it that yeah, like it's, there's no question how strong he is, and that his only his weakness of why he's probably not number one is because he doesn't have faith. If he had the same drive that Mirio did, I truly believe. That he could be stronger than Mirio, and I, I, I think, think that's I what Fakum gets to. I don't think it's drive, though. I think it's confidence. Like, Con- well, whatever. If they had that yeah. same mentality, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, Amajiki's clearly a very like he's a very driven character. He just doesn't have the self confidence to project it, where Mirio just doesn't give a shit and lets everybody know. Like, yeah, I yeah, I'm up in front. But yeah, yeah, no, that, that was no, really I completely that. agree with that. I like that. I I really like Fakum as like a pro hero. I think he's been great for. He's such a good one for Amajiki and Kirishima. I love that that whole little crew gets so much uh, screen time now. Um, but with that, let's move into this week's Plus Ultra Award. Plus Ultra! For those of you that do not know, this is an award we give out each and every week to the member that we believe went Plus Ultra, went beyond, did something fantastic, had just a good episode, maybe even did something funny, whatever the reasoning is, we believe that they were the star of the episode. And Dylan, I'm going to let you begin with this week's Plus Ultra recipient. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy. Like, I think everyone knows what we're going to say. I think we're all going to have a really good consensus on this. And it's obviously Mirio for being an absolute <laughs> hunk. Um, but no, I, I think I think, uh, I think Amajiki gets it, obviously. Um, we get amazing insight into him. Um, really cool depth and on top of that he had a really good fight of where he does sick stuff you know having like uh what was the move like vast vast hybrid vast yeah vast hybrid chimera kraken chimera yeah chimera chimera kraken super cool and i don't know like i think obviously he gets it because now we know he's incredibly strong so um he definitely gets it for me yeah i can't argue with that i can't add any more reasons to it he took on three of these eight bullets, which apparently like the, supposed to be the eight strongest people besides overhaul. And he took on three of them by himself. So that's no joke. And yeah, I just, I love his character. I love the arc. I learned, I love learning more about him. And yeah, he's just overall badass and deserves to be in the big three. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to round off and say also, I'm a cheeky. Also his costume is fucking sick. His, he is dripping with that. Like with that get up, man, big fan. Trip check, Dylan. <laughs> Trip check. <laughs> Oh, Dylan's having audio issues, so we're going to move on from there and talk about the preview for next week's episode where Dylan's boy, not Dylan's, James' boy, Kirishima, is getting another focus episode. He's getting another episode, yeah. (laughs) I mean, what is this? I am loving it. But next week's episode will be titled Red Riot. Fat Gum and Kirishima get split off and have to fight two more bullets of a Shihasuki and pretty much the overwhelming offensive and defensive powers seem to almost break Kirishima, but obviously we know he's going to come back. His Deku kind of says that, oh, I know he's strong and he won't break. Wasn't really part of the... It's it's hard to talk about a preview when it's all kind of narrated. Like, oh, he's being overpowered, but he's really not because I believe in him. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's a fight episode with Fat Gum and Kirishima versus someone else while learning more background about Kirishima again. Because we got a little bit of a tease. In his earlier episode, um, Gutsy Red Riot, where we had kind of a flashback towards the end of that episode that was just very brief. 
Yeah, I'm that sure weird one-off flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Mina, and I, I don't know what was going on there. But, yeah, I think we're going to get more information there. And I think it's going to be a really cool episode. And I just, I don't know. Kirishima is quickly becoming one of my favorites. I'm on the Kirishima board with you, James. So, getting, okay. I am not against another um, Kirishima-focused episode at all. Yeah, my my big thing is uh, we get like we're gonna get back into more like because I mean we did this very briefly when he named his he got his hero name like Red Riot and he just says he named it after this hero right and in that flashback explicitly there's a flashback of like that hero that he named himself who I'm trying to remember his name Crimson Riot that's what it is yeah right so he's like the underling sort of thing right but yeah I'm I'm excited for a very Kirishima centric episode I'm excited to see his his like his super quirk again. Because that, the last time they showed that, it was sick. So, I mean, we kind of saw it because you can tell they're switching to that art style with him now. With his, uh, like, with his hardening. Like, he, yeah. when he did, like, the red gauntlet thing. Like, it's that super hardened now, not just, like, the the normal harden. So, yeah, no, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm excited. I, I didn't think we were going to get this many Kirishima episodes, I didn't either. to be honest. <laughs> like, I, I thought, I really thought, like, when they gave him his one-off, it was like, okay, that's it. Like, that's Kirishima. That's... All he's gonna like do for this season, but like seeing him as like kind of like a main character now, like showing up a lot more is really cool. I'm excited. He's a new Bakugo, except nicer. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I know you're not because you're you you're not for shipping reasons. You're not for so many reasons. You want Bakugo back. I love Bakugo. Don't worry, I'm sure we'll be getting plenty of him coming up. But with that, that's gonna be all for this week's session of Class One A. Next week, we'll be continuing to talk about it. We'll be diving into the Red Riot episode and probably more ships. Who knows who Dylan will ship next week? You'll have to come back to find out. Uh, yeah, so as uh, as Andrew mentioned at the beginning of the episode, guys, uh, for any podcasting platform you listen to us on, if you listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff, hit us with that five-star review. Hit us, uh, let us know what you think. And, uh, yeah, hopefully next week I won't pause nearly as long after Andrew. And make sure to check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for all the updates on this podcast and all the other stuff we do. But that'll be all for this week's episode. We hope to see you all back in class next Saturday. Shitai, shikari ga aru kimi wai